This is John and Robin Voiles of Celebrate Libraries. Today we are visiting department heads of Wheaton Public Library in Wheaton, Illinois, and recording our conversations for the New Ways to Dream podcast. Next, we will be speaking with Rachel Weiss, Department Head of Youth Services. Rachel, thank you. Would you provide a department overview for our listeners and share how long you have worked at the Wheaton Library? Sure. So I have actually been at this library since I was 15 years old. I started off as a shelver in high school and worked at the library, always in the Youth Services Department, worked through high school, on breaks during college, and then through grad school, I got my Master of Library and Information Science. Uh, when I graduated from my master's program, I became a youth services librarian. And about two and a half years ago, I became our tween center supervisor. So okay. that was a new area of the youth services department. Okay. And a week and a half ago, I became department head. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. What is the, um, what's the age group that we're talking about? Sure. So our department covers birth through about sixth grade. Okay. We have a little bit of overlap between youth services and teen, just so those sixth graders that are brand new to middle school, they feel comfortable in both spots. Sure. Um, and our department is currently divided between two major groups. We have our birth through second graders, that's our early childhood area, and our third through sixth graders are part of our tween center, okay. all under the youth services umbrella. Great. Uh, how many department? how many... Uh people, staff members work within your particular department? When we're fully staffed, we have uh, nine people besides myself. Wow. Yes, um, and the staff is divided between the early childhood and the tween center, so uh, we have staff in both areas, so they have that type of specialty. Uh, they can really get to know those those patrons and work with them. So they're dedicated areas both to the really, to the very young and, and also then to that uh, older group. Exactly. And there's some crossover when we do family programs and all department programs, um, but for the most part, they're working within their age groups. Okay. Are you, do you do the purchasing for the department? I do. Uh, we used to have a divided between uh, the former department head. She did our early childhood, and I covered our tween materials. Okay. Uh, currently, I'll be purchasing for the department until we have another librarian join us. Oh. Would you like to talk about your calendar, your programming calendar, uh, some of the highlights that are happening uh, this summer, maybe look forward to uh, this autumn? Sure. So we always like to have a packed schedule in the summer because we've got the kids out of school, and we love it that the library is their place to go in the summer. We are really thankful that the community recognizes it as a, a vital part of their lives. So um, story times are always incredibly popular in our department. We offer story times birth through five years old throughout the school year, and then in the summertime we offer a 68 to eight-year-old story time to accommodate those kids that are on summer vacation. So story times take up a big part of our calendar. Um, but as far as other program, programming we have this summer, we've introduced sewing machines. So we've got family sewing wow. programs, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, we have some really great performers coming in. Uh, we just had Cosley Zoo, a local animal rehabilitation center. Um, they brought in some Illinois wildlife. And next week we've got a musician and we have um, somebody that creates giant balloon creations. He's doing a STEM-related show called the Mousetrap Machine Science Show. Oh, interesting. A mousetrap completely made out of giant balloons, which the kids are very excited about. Uh, and then this fall, uh, we're starting up again uh, a math club for our different age groups hmm. through bedtime math. It's called Crazy Eights, so they provide us a lot of the materials and uh, curriculum, so we get to make oh. math fun outside of school. Fun. And we'll offer um, a baby play date for young families to get together and get to know each other before they go into story time. 
Uh, we've got some more hands-on DIY programs coming up, and we always like to do a lot of STEM programs as well. Do the people who read the stories, are they um, always... Uh, Library employees, are there people from the community, volunteers that come in? We have our story times led by staff members, okay. so we have it broken up. We have uh, Great Beginnings that covers 6 to 23 months old. Then we have a 2s and 3s class, and then a 3, 4, and 5-year-old class. And um, our early childhood staff help run those programs, create the, the book list and the flannel boards and the songs that they do for that as well. Some, uh, some of the libraries in uh, northern Illinois have the um, 1,000 books before kindergarten. Yes. Do you have something like that? That is something that we do have. Yes, um, we have logs where they write down books that they read. Every 100 books, the child gets a sticker. And at the 500 and 1,000 book level, they get their name on the wall. And we also put a book plate in a brand new book that's dedicated to them. So they get to find that book in the library with their name in it. That's, that's some nice recognition. It is, and it's something that they can always go back and revisit. And so we send them a postcard so they know exactly which book to look for with their name. So, so yeah, they have a lot of fun doing it, and uh, it's great. We always encourage the parents, even if they're reading the same book 20 times, you know, count it every single time you read it oh. because repetition is really great at that age, too. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the summer we've also had tween camps. Uh, that we started, they're between an hour and two hours long, and they cover different categories. Uh, we've got one on uh, crafting coming up this week. We've done an art camp. We've got math. We've done engineering. So they get to try out a lot of fun things, readers' theater, all that kind of fun stuff. Is there typically a length of time that that these these camps are scheduled for? And are they always on site in the library? They're always on site in the library. This is our first summer trying it out. So they run between an hour and two hours long, depending on the type of activity. But we have typically about 30 to 40 kids in each camp. Oh, that's great. And they get to sign up for them individually because we know everybody's got a busy schedule. So they get to try out the ones that they're interested in. And we'll also have some outdoor fun ones since we have a great West Plaza here at the library. They'll do some outdoor games and activities as well coming up this summer. Wow, that's really great. Yeah. I have a question. The Reader's Theater, that sounds intriguing. I mean, that must be really fun. It is great. Uh, I worked with one of our tween staff members on that this summer, and she came up with three children's books that had been turned into um, reading scripts. So the kids got to see the book read by one of us, and then they each took roles and practiced reading aloud, practiced reading without the script in their face, and um, reading with emotion and emphasis. And it's really great, too, because there is a lot of that repetition we even had a, a younger one that you know was kind of struggling with certain words at the beginning, but by the final read-through in front of all the caregivers, she had those words down, which was That's really great. fantastic to see. But um, it's really nice for them to see the literature turned into a script or play, and it's not an acted play, but it's more about sharing a story in a new way, which is... What were the books? Uh, we did Click, Clack, Moo, Cows That Type, which oh, is a hilarious book if you've ever had a chance yeah. to read it. Um, there's another one, The True Story of the Three Little Pigs. It's told from the wo wo wolf's point of view, and okay. he got a bad rap on it. And the last one we did was The Little Old Lady Who Was Not Afraid of Anything. Oh. Uh, so ones that they've probably heard in the past, but they got to experience it in a new way. Do you try to, do you try to stay up, uh, stay current with the new... Um, the new releases. Oh, sure, with Personally. books and everything. Yes, yes, as much as I can. Especially uh, we read or we have a a program called Battle the Books, um, which is for our fourth and fifth graders. And so I've been in charge of that program about seven or eight years now. Oh. And so I'm trying to read as much as possible to 
uh, find some new books to add to the list. That's a, a winter program that we do with our local elementary schools, which is really great. They form teams and uh, quiz each other on this book list, characters and settings and everything, and then they come to us and we ask questions and award them points for correct answers. And Thank you could probably be, be very competitive. Oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe it, especially because we offer trophies for winning teams. So, But that's great. Uh, we always get feedback that the kids read books that they never would have picked up before. We try and create a nice, diverse um, book collection, a lot of different points of view, mm-hmm. um, books that, again, they probably wouldn't have picked up if it isn't in the genre that they typically like to read. So we like to offer a lot of variety for them. But uh, it's a list of 45 books that the teams divide amongst themselves and read. and then How do you develop that list? So it was, it's always been developed by the librarians in-house. The program is about 31, 32 years old now. And so uh, what we'll do every year is we'll remove a few titles and we'll add some new ones on there. We've got two main lists that flip-flop every other year because we have fourth and fifth graders competing. And... I always like to offer a survey at the end of the season so the kids can let us know what some of their favorite books were, what their least favorite books are, and that helps me choose what we'll, sure. we'll take off and um, what type of like, book we'll add on. I'm just curious, how about children who um, have a difficult time with reading? Sure. How do they compete or how do they participate? Another thing I like to do with the list is create some variety in reading levels as well. So we have some quick reads for some of our advanced readers, they would view it as a quick read, but it's something that somebody could tackle if they're not quite as comfortable. Um, we offer a lot of audiobooks and ebooks That's along so with them as well as as many as we can purchase for that book list. Uh, we do so that they can listen to it or experience it in that way as well. Um, they can have parents read to them if they want. They can read with parents, and I think having that team all working together, I think that helps encourage them and um, creates a safe environment for them too to experience the Kids who are on the, the spectrum or who have disabilities in some ways. Yes, we've had we've had everybody on the team, which is which is really great. These schools are creating some great teams and a nice environment for them. Yes. So it sounds like a, a, you have strong partnerships with the local schools. We do. I have started last year. Uh, this was something we had done in the past, but I brought back last year. At the beginning of the school year, I got as many librarians from the local schools together as possible, and we just talked about what we could offer them. Uh, we do teacher book bags. If they're working on a particular curriculum, we can collect books for them on that subject. Um, and I go into the schools a lot for lunch visits. Oh. I do some STEM things. Since I was most recently with our tween center, I was focusing on fourth and fifth graders there, but we would do stop motion animation movies at lunch or scratch coding. Um, so I intend to carry that on into the school year. We try and get in there as much as possible. We're there at um, family art nights and family math and uh, what are they fit math and reading nights. Um, whenever they have uh, in or, um, an event set up for some of their ELL families, we try and be there and have a table so we can talk about the resources as well that we can provide. Homeschooling? Homeschooling, too. Last fall, we started, oh, excuse me, last spring, we started a homeschool meetup. We do have a lot of homeschool families in our oh, area, right. so we just created a networking event for them so they could get to know each other. The kids could play board games or do crafts together. We're going to bring that back this fall. And in the past, we have had homeschool teams on our Battle of the Books um, program as well. So we do have a lot of homeschool families in the area, and they do like to come here. So we're starting to do some more homeschool programming as well. Do you, uh, does the library show um, 
uh, family family movies? We do. We started this over spring break. We did a family viewing of The Lion King since oh. they were coming out with the live action one. Mm-hmm. So um, kids came in pajamas. They were encouraged to bring pillows and sleeping bags. It was so much fun. We're going to do another one over Thanksgiving. And uh, on some days off of school, we offer movies in the afternoons as well. So people can come to that. And we also started a sensory movie usually on Friday mornings and then some Saturday mornings we tried it out. The lights stay lit a little bit more. We have subtitles on, the volume's down a little bit, and we oh. provide toys as well. So it's okay. an opportunity for kids to experience a movie where they don't have to be quiet. They're not in the dark. Mm-hmm. They're encouraged to play and interact with their caregiver. Um, and so that way, if we do have some kids with some disabilities or on the spectrum that might sure. not be comfortable with loud noises or being in the dark, mm-hmm. it's a time for them to come okay. in, feel comfortable seeing a movie as well. Have you... Um... Have you heard back from uh, parents in terms of feedback uh, regarding those? Uh, Mainly, I think we've had more um, of a preschool audience than an audience that needs that type of a sensory movie. But we're hoping as we do it more and more, it might uh, attract some families that haven't been coming to the library for certain programs so that they'll feel comfortable attending. We also have sensory toys that are available, those tactile squishies and um, fidget toys as well. So um, I think the more we do it, the more the word will get out about us offering that. We try and do it all ages, and we offer a variety of movies, some quite short, because we've noticed a lot of people leave after the one-hour mark, but then we'll do some like we just did Lego Movie 2, so some feature-length ones as well. But, yeah, that would be a fantastic thing for adults as well to, to let them know they're welcome and that they'll be comfortable seeing a movie at the library. Lisa mentioned... Um the um, Potter uh, wizardry oh, thing yes. coming up now. Are you, would you then be involved with that as well? Yes. Uh, so I actually started the Harry Potter party a few years ago, mainly for upper elementary school students. Okay. We would do it as close to Harry Potter's birthday as we could, and we would have scavenger hunts and bingo and stuff going on. And this year we've moved it to an all-library, all-ages program, which we're really excited about. Uh, we also have some lead-up programs. She's probably mentioned um, an illustrator coming in to do some art classes with um, tweens, teens, and adults. And then we're going to do um, Harry Potter trivia at a local brewery for adults, oh, which will fun. be a lot of fun leading up to the program. But, yes, yeah, so I'm on that committee with her, wow. um, having started it a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who is the illustrator? Just... Uh, her name is Christine Thornton. She's done a number of art classes for us in the past. She's really fantastic. She can work with young ones up through adult so this time around, she's doing, at the beginning of the chapters in Harry Potter, there's usually a small pencil illustration, so she's helping the kids, teens, and adults create their own small chapter heading illustration from Great. the books. Is she a uh, Wheaton local? The co- uh, she's, the county, uh, she's in the northern Illinois area. Okay. Um, I'm not remembering where she is exactly, but okay. she, she does come fairly, fairly often to do programs for us. That's great. So you're, you're doing the uh, book buying of, of the materials for your particular department? That's correct. What, uh, what resources do you uh, um, follow? To sure. So we subscribe to a number of different review journals, Booklist, Kirkus, Hornbook, School Library Journal. So it's great to flip through those and get sure. some ideas. Um, I also like to follow authors on Instagram, and so I get to know when they've got a new book, when Raina Telgemeier's new book, Guts, was coming out, and I got to know that, you know, I should start putting it on order now because it's coming out this fall, or um, Dave Pilkey's got the next Dogman book coming out. So it's really great to see the process of them writing a book, but then also find out about the book um, before it would be in a review journal. Um, 
I enjoy uh, an email called Book Riot. Uh, they always are putting together some great lists of upcoming books or thematic lists, um, making sure that I haven't missed some titles as well. So, uh, And then also through um, Baker & Taylor, which is what we order most of our materials from, um, they do a great job of compiling a whole bunch of reviews. So if I see a review in book list, I can go to that site and see a review from a few more review journals oh, as well okay. too. Um, kind of compare and contrast ages and recommended versus not you recommended. Talk with other librarians in Northern Illinois about what they're doing and then whether you might want to incorporate something that they're doing into yours and vice versa? Oh, yeah, we do a lot of conferences, which is really great about this area. Um, the Illinois Library Association and having ALA located in Chicago. Um, there's always some great conferences. Uh, Laconi is another organization that offers a lot of um, seminars for librarians, so we get to hear about some upcoming books through them. Uh, Booklist and some others will offer webinars as well, okay. so we get to f- see what Simon & Schuster has coming out in the fall or something like that. So um, it's really great to have a lot of different resources to go to when, when looking to purchase. But yeah, we, we like to look at other librarians' blogs or um, library websites to kind of see what books they're putting on a realistic fiction list or um, great books for fantasy books for tweens or early elementary school students. I always tend to go for some of the like the dry humor picture books. Oliver Jeffers is a favorite illustrator, author of mine. Um, he, I love the picture books that let the adults enjoy the book as much as the child, even if they're picking up different things in the book. So a lot of the dry humor books are always something I enjoy. Um, also some really great storytelling ones. Candace Fleming, she's actually a local author, but she has uh, fiction and nonfiction books, which are just incredibly interesting um but she has one called clever jack takes the cake and it's in a a fairy tale storytelling format but introduces it in a new way and it's a progressive story so he bakes the cake for the princess and on the way you know the bear takes the strawberry and the crows take the candles you know so he ends up with just the single item to bring to the princess but the story is the real present for her and um but yeah i tend to like the sweet ones or the really great humor ones, Matt right. Vernon, um, Michael Rex, and all those great authors. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had the privilege of being in that department for 18 years, so it's been great to see the children grow up and come back. And so it's been a really unique experience to have had them in preschool story time and then now have them in my tween programs. And so I think it's really great seeing them come back year after year, even after they've had their own kids and they're coming back to visit. Um, but or even we just walked in the parade our fourth of july parade and just seeing so many people recognize i mean you feel like a superstar kind of doing that but um it's just how much they really value the library and they get excited to see you and i live in this community too so seeing me at the grocery store or something is just it's so much fun to see the reactions but we really have a fantastic community and families that really support the library and are excited to be here and um, it's not my story, but somebody else's. They, I think their child had to either get a shot or something like that, and as a reward, the mom was going to take him for ice cream, and one of the, the child wanted to come to the library instead. We, we just have so many of those stories, but um, we're really lucky to be in a fantastic community with some great kids and their families. We get to be center in the community, and I, I think that's really fantastic. They see the value, and they get excited when we try new things, and they let us know what they'd like to see so we can make sure we're meeting their needs. Yes. Yeah. Good. Well, Rachel, uh, thank you very much for taking the time. This has been John and Robin Voyles of Celebrate Libraries with a New Ways to Dream podcast. We're in Wheaton.
Illinois speaking with department heads of Wheaton Public Library. We just finished talking with Rachel Weiss, department head for the Youth Services Department. Rachel, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you.